Hello, I'm Kim Stewart, and this is It's the People's Radio, a four-part documentary on the experiences of people with a disability in community radio. Did you know that up to 34% of listeners to community radio in Australia have a disability? When I heard this, I wondered why I wasn't hearing them in the community radio sector, where I've worked for close to 20 years as a producer at 4ZZZ in Brisbane. In this second episode, you'll hear radio producers with a disability talking about some of the trouble they've had with buildings, but also other barriers to accessibility they have experienced, plus some creative solutions. You're listening to It's the People's Radio. While most community radio stations run on a shoestring composed of memberships, donations and grants, it's no surprise that many of the people with a disability that I've interviewed have experienced accessibility issues to buildings, and some stations have successfully mitigated those issues. Problems of accessibility often went beyond the structural qualities of the station building and included the cost of transport, the time of day and the nature of the volunteer's disability. Eastside Radio is not particularly accessible. You can get into, you've got to go up the steps and, and so on. So, so it's not as accessible as 2SCR was, but once you're in there, it is actually a very lovely studio and very welcoming. One of the people in, in one of the groups, he hadn't been there for about nine months, and he walked straight in and he said, hello, Laura, to one of the volunteers who was sitting there working, and she just, like her jaw dropped remembered her name and she was amazed it was so important to him the visits that he'd made to the studios that was really lovely to see because it made a real impact on her she saw that he had that amazing ability to when he was passionate about something to remember it normally i use taxis to get me to and from work is that expensive say if you're going from here to nanda it's five dollars and from Nanda back home is five dollars. So when you come to Radio Group, do you have to pay Bernie Braid bring you and take you home again? Yeah, I pay five dollars. Yeah. And in the evening when I go back home, yeah. I don't think people who don't have disability realise how hard it is to get anywhere a lot of the time. It is because you've got to pay all the time. You pay someone else. Yeah, and it's so like um, it's bad enough when you try. Um, Reel yourself up a hill, it's, and the footpaths are really bad and all that. So. And the other problem, I guess, is when you go, like, you've been to Triple Z once, yeah. and that's a terrible building, isn't it? It is, like... <laughs> but that one time you came to Triple Z, do you think it was wheelchair-friendly? It was really hard, because mm. you had to get the, um, what do you call it, up? Ramp. The ramp, then yeah. you've got to go down, then, yeah. I think I saw you jam your fingers in the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that, and I went, ouch! So do you think that um, my coming to you and, and you know, going to the Nando Activity Centre that's easy for you to get to makes it easier for you to be involved in community radio? It does. Some of the barriers faced by people with vision impairments or no vision is a lot of the, the newer technology now is touchscreen mm. in the radio industry. Uh, it's not only community, it's commercial as well. So that, that can be a big barrier if the voice, uh, the screen readers don't read the touchscreens and once you touch the touch screen, you've activated whatever it was. Yeah. There's some work being done with voiceovers and Mac at the moment, which is accessible uh, using Pro Tools. 
for the production side of it. The other problem is some of the new CD players are all function buttons as well. So you have to look very seriously at what, what to buy, which uh, Ed's done pretty well with the, the CD player in there. Yeah. It's got a keypad on so you can type the number of the track in you want and press the play button. Time down towards your next track is always a problem. So you, sometimes it comes down to encoding the CD onto a computer when you're vision impaired, playing the song, working out how long it's going to be. And then you can either play it off the computer or play it on the CD, but you know it's going to be three minutes. Uh, we've got a Windows computer that we're using. It has a screen reader on it, which makes it accessible for people with no vision like myself. Mm -hmm. We have a special program called Studio Recorder, which was produced by the American Printing House for the Blind. Designed with blind people in mind. It has shortcut keys so you don't have to use the mouse. I use a standard mixer. We've got an Allen and Heath mixer in the studio can't see the levels so I just go by sound for level. Uh, Alex haven't got lots of stairs but we're part of a council building and um, the council have got very narrow thoughts of you know they don't really get that you know you can't have a community hub and only allocate five parts. <laughs> Unless it affects them directly, it doesn't really occur to them. It's mm. not that they, it's not that they go out of their way to make it hard. It's just they don't think because it doesn't affect them directly, it's not an issue to them. So they don't think of it. Not all of the facilities are as accessible as ours, but I think access to buildings would be one. Some people, I guess, would have issues with the bathroom. I reckon for the people who plan the church, like, don't put down the slipperiest tiles you can find <laughs> as, the, as the flooring for a building. You know, just stuff like, don't make, like, the entrance, like, it's a knockout where there's uneven ground or potential trip hazards or whatever, you know. Provide decent parking for people who are, Mobility, um, have mobility issues. Provide opportunities for people who might not might have an inclination that they want want to get involved but aren't confident. Have things like common try days, open days where you let them have a go on air, or invite them into do a guest half hour, pick some music that you like and present it with me and see how they go. I mean. Invite them along to see if they want to, even if it's not on air. I mean, do they want to get involved in, like, cataloging a library of music? Yeah. Do they want to be involved in production? Don't sort of limit um, involvement at community radio to just being on air and yeah, that's right. see, what, see what skills are in your community and make use of you're listening to It's the People's Radio, a four-part documentary on the experiences of people with a disability in community radio. The radio station is, is housed in Heritage House, which is like a museum facility, and they would do regular tours, and that was another part of what Connor had to learn to cope with, with his um, autism, of different people coming in, different numbers, the changing routine, 
all that sort of stuff. I had any problem, I was able to talk to either Ken or Barry and they would advocate for us. The reason I believe it worked for so long was Ken and Barry's um, very clear support of Connor and, and myself. They made themselves available. They were volunteers. You know, they didn't have to do any of that, but they did. And as I was talking to them and uh, became friends, um, I found out that they had uh, autism in their family. So it does make it a lot easier if the people, you know, um, know what it's about. But um, at the same time, um, Connor's role there, um, we ended up, like, using it as a groundbreaking experience for a lot of people um, because there were a lot of volunteers the, there were some conflicts basically with Connor's Asperger's and the issues that he had. If there was noise around, we had to try and explain to the people without causing any offence that Connor can't cope with it. Yeah. Uh, because basically he needs to be able to, with, with the part of the brain that doesn't switch on, he needs to pre-organise his thoughts and as soon as something disrupts it, those thoughts are gone. And then he's got to go back through and try and reorganise it again. And sometimes he's only got seconds before he's on air. Mm. Is 3CR accessible for you? Do you find it an easy building to get into? Um, the ground floor, yes, um, and the studio. So we've got a uh, an accessible entry at the, the back. Um, I can manage stairs. We, the upstairs um, is, is our meeting room, and that's unfortunate in that um, I don't find those stairs particularly fun, and I think there's quite a few of the older programmers who don't either. So, um, there's no real barrier to the state, to the, the studios, um, but there is a barrier to kind of some of the meeting spaces where some of the discussions, broader discussions can happen. I mean, and if that's an issue, sometimes we'll just meet off-site or somewhere else. But mm. um, So that's not too bad. Um, in terms of other access issues... The staff have made all sorts of different arrangements in terms, particularly for programmers with vision impairment. So we we have programmers with no sight or low vision who do their own panelling um, because we've got you know technology that suits them mm-hmm. uh, in place and, and they've become familiar with it. So it's I think we're, we're able to make most adjustments. Um, we've put in different kinds of banisters. We've got doorbells at the inaccessible doors so that somebody can come and um, help and tell you which way to go around the back and all that kind of stuff. So we've we've made quite a lot of efforts to make it possible within the confines of what's really a 19th century house in Fitzroy. <laughs> I think a lot of stations have that problem that, you know, because it's it's um, expensive to rent, they have some dodgy old building, like certainly yeah. we do at Triple Z, has <laughs> its accessibility yeah. problems. Well, we were um, quite fortunate a couple of years ago we got... Um, well, we actually employed somebody who had a disability for a short period of time and we were able, because of that, to get a, um, a more detailed access audit done um, because that person was going to be employed. Um, you could get assistance from the federal government and so we had this really big audit done and, and some uh, changes made which made it even more accessible. So, you know, sometimes you take opportunities as well that improve things. But we found a lot of it was around the communication stuff, just the simple things like putting the doorbell I think it's the communication between people who generally have have access now and, the, and being able to communicate with, with those people. I think um, often for people with disability, there's just that barrier that's there of saying, I'm interesting, <laughs> <laughs> I've got something to talk about. It might take me a little bit longer to talk to you about it. Um, 
you know, sometimes it's not always snappy, kind of ready for radio conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think that can be a barrier. But I think most of the barrier is just this continuing um, almost segregation of life in that people didn't necessarily go to school together, don't necessarily work with other people with disabilities. Sometimes the barriers are physical in the actual station itself. Um, but it really comes down to, I think, attitudinal in that you don't recognise that there are people who are missing who aren't part of the station. Mm, yeah, because you, you just don't see them. About it. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you're the person with disability, um, you know, I think increasingly people are, are putting their hand up saying, I want to and I'm entitled to. But it's it's just another thing you've got to work through with people, and and sometimes you know I'd like to think at 3CR people don't put up barriers particularly, but it's just that making that first step and saying, yep, they're going to welcome me here. You're listening to It's the People's Radio, a four-part documentary on the experiences of people with a disability in community radio. This has been part two. In the next episode, people with a disability in community radio talk about some of the difficulties and solutions they have found to the vexed issue of the attitudes and expectations that other people have about people with a disability. Produced by Kim Stewart, that's me, as part of my doctoral research at the Queensland University of Technology in Brisbane, Australia. In this documentary, you've heard the voices of people with a disability and their supporters who have volunteered at community radio stations around Australia. Some of them were Helen Gwilliam from 3CR Melbourne, Scott Whelan and Darren Glynn Rowe from PBAFM Adelaide, Alicia Wright, formerly of Harvey Bay Community Radio and ABC Brisbane, Paul Price and Steve Richardson from 4RPH Brisbane, Alex Butters from Making Airwaves at Eastside FM in Sydney, Danny Thomas, Melissa Johnson, Paul O'Day and Michael Cherry from the Ability Radio Project at 4ZZZ in Brisbane. Their supporters included Carol Augustino, mother of Jessie, who has a show on Harvey Community Radio in Western Australia, Jodie Reeve, mother of Connor, and support workers Catherine Maitland, Carolyn Savransky and myself, Kim Stewart. This research was supported by the Queensland University of Technology and Community Radio 4ZZZ in Brisbane. Thanks to all the participants who shared their stories. Thanks also to Ula Sheehan and Nathan Laurent. If you'd like to find out more about the project to include more people with a disability in community radio, go to the website of the Ability Radio Project at abilityradioproject.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm.